Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. A state of emergency is declared in North Carolina amid another night of unrest in Charlotte. What started out as a peaceful march in the city's uptown area quickly turned violent. Parts of Paris have become a battle zone after violent street protests. French President Emmanuel Macron has ordered his prime minister to begin holding talks with the demonstrators and has not ruled out declaring a state of emergency. Baltimore on fire. More than a dozen buildings and a hundred cars were in flames last night. A fiery epilogue to the afternoon memorial for Freddie Gray. Oxford rage in Haiti has fueled violent protests for more than a week now, and a long-awaited announcement by their president has done nothing to quell the fury. That is grim news for more than 150 Canadians stranded there. Road travel is so dangerous, most won't risk driving to the airport. But... Allow us to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to pray for the lawlessness that we see around the, the globe. Lord, the sin that is incompatible with you. We pray for people who are being oppressed, repressed by these acts. But Lord, ultimately, no matter if the person is coming out on top or the bottom, we pray that your name can be honored and glorified. We pray that the gospel moves forward, that people come to a saving faith in you because they realize that it's not about our life here and now. It's about our future with you to come. We pray all of this in Christ's name who makes this possible. Amen. We're still in our sermon series, Testing Our Assurance. We can be guaranteed that we cannot lose our salvation, and we can use the book of 1 John to help us do just that. Now, what you just saw upon the screen is real. Four separate incidences from the last five years. And it's no different than what you're seeing on the screen right now. This has been... As you look at this photo here, this has been and will be the future of our country. This is the future of the United States of America. See, how lawlessness is defined by each world culture is actually subjective. What, what do I mean by that? Each culture has its own guidelines. Each culture has its own definition of how they define what is and what is not lawless. However, we know that God's word is the true standard of how we are supposed to live. Unfortunately, do you know what the problem is? Statistically speaking, and with not getting too in depth with the statistics, but about 5 million less people in our country are going to church today than what they were seven years ago. 
That's the problem. So if we know that God's word is the standard for how we're supposed to live, what do you think happens when we no longer believe that? Paul Washer says this. He says, whenever God is removed from society and culture, something else has to take his place. What often takes the place over God in a godless culture is that state, which would be the United States of America. It would have to be the government that's in place. Church, do you know what happens when the state takes over? As you look at this photo, do you know what happens when the state takes over? It looks like this photo from Baltimore, Maryland. The state wants to survive, doesn't it? And in order for the state to survive, it has to become a police state. Do you know what happens in a police state? Police and secret police suppress any social, economic, or political act that does not line up with its own policies and agenda. Do you know what specifically is replacing God in our American culture right now? We have a problem. Do you know what's specifically replacing God in our American culture right now, in our society right now? See, God's being replaced by social justice. Some of you might be asking right now, what is social justice? See, social justice is the distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges among society. We've heard that, haven't we? Tax the rich, give to the poor. Everybody needs to have equal opportunities and privileges. See, Pastor John MacArthur, Dr. John MacArthur says it best when he says this. He says, justice doesn't need an adjective because justice is just that. It's justice. He also said this, and this is very important for us to remember. He said, no temporal Political, social enterprise is a component of the saving gospel. So, as Christians, should we not seek justice? Should we just push it aside? By no means. By no means. So the question becomes, how should we seek justice as believers? As children of God, as those who have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, how should we... Seek justice. Well, our answer is in our sermon title this morning, Performing Righteousness. We should seek justice by performing righteousness. We're going to be in the letter of 1 John. We're back in 1 John after our Easter Resurrection Sunday service. Chapter 3. Pastor Jared walked us through verses 1 through 3 today. We're going to be in chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. And we're going to see what happens when the only true peacemaker is removed from society. That's what we're going to see here in the text this morning. We're going to be reminded why we need to behave righteously among society. And we're going to realize that we can only do this, we can only achieve this by first loving God and secondly by loving God. Others. So please follow along on the screens. The verses will be there for you. 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. 
And whoever makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Amen. When we look at these verses this morning, this is what we see. We understand that the customary performance of, Christian, of a Christian is righteousness, not sin. The customary performance of a Christian is righteousness, not sin. So by making this statement, we want to ask this question. How do followers of Jesus Christ practice righteousness? How do followers of Jesus Christ practice righteousness? We practice through our love of God and others. Through our love of God and others. We've all heard the expression that's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, correct? Fitting a square peg into a round hole is about as incompatible as T-Rex making a bed. You guys ever imagine T-Rex making a bed? Do you think his arms hit first or his nose? It's about as incompatible as T-Rex trying to do push-ups. How do you think T-Rex can do push-ups with a nostril, with a snout like that, in those short little arms? It's about as incompatible as T-Rex trying to give himself a round of applause. Church, do you know what else is incompatible? Just like a square peg going into a round hole, just like T-Rex trying to make a bed. Do you know what else is incompatible? Our practice of sin. Let's take a look at verses 4 through 6 again. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or has known him. See, before we continue, we must remember the assurance of our salvation, the whole reason why we're studying the letter of 1 John. Those who know that they are sinful, those who know that Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected from the dead for their sin, those of us who know this truth, we can still observe each verse this morning as a test. We can still look at this as a test. A test as to how you know that your salvation is assured. So why am I bringing this up? Because I want you to keep in mind, as we look at these verses this morning, they're very difficult to understand. Therefore, they've been misused and abused throughout the history of the church. 
So when we begin to look at these verses this morning, we begin by asking this question. What is sin? What is sin as it pertains to these verses this morning? Let's look at verse 4. We have our answer. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is just that. Sin is lawlessness. And lawlessness is sin. Again, what happens? What happens when God is removed from society? Lawlessness. It's like that picture from Baltimore, Maryland. What happens when the state defends itself against lawlessness? When the state has to defend itself against a lawless society, a police state is put in place. The Bible points to God as our peacemaker. We can never forget that. When society turns away from him, anarchy ensues, violence ensues, terror ensues, and we can be assured of our salvation when we know that our sin leads to lawlessness. If you know that your sinful behavior will eventually lead to lawlessness, you can be guaranteed that you know that you're saved. You can be confident in your salvation. It's those who do not understand that. Those are the ones who go out and protest and ensue violence. Why? Because they want things to be equal here and now, but I'm sorry they won't be. And we have to give up that pipe dream and allow it to be flushed out. Our sin will lead to lawlessness. See, to understand that inequality isn't, isn't a problem is the problem itself. See, sin is the problem. And we can be assured of that salvation when we know this, when we know that Jesus handled our sinfulness for us. That's when we're actually in right standing. And it's right there in verse 5 where it says, You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Now, now we know that we still sin, don't we? And that's what gets a lot of you tripped up. Because you know in your heart you're still sinning, and then you kind of question, am I really saved? You know, I may not be saved. I, I, I prayed that prayer, which really isn't biblical to begin with. But yeah, I prayed that prayer. I was baptized as a young child. But I know I still have this problem. And then that's where Satan, in that song we sang this morning, lets you, you know, think that you can't have a future. And that's where fear becomes the liar. Satan is the liar, shaming you with that guilt. But if you truly understand that your sin will always lead to lawlessness then you can be confident that you're saved. But as Christians, we need to learn more and more each day about our incompatibility to sin. So if you see yourself getting caught up in sin, but you're understanding and recognizing it and identifying that sin, and you're learning more and more about how it makes you incompatible with God, then you're practicing what is known as sanctification. And that's the process that God takes us through to make us holy. See, we know that sin leads to death, don't we? Which is exactly what Jesus took away. He took away death. But take Jesus away from society and death is exactly what you will get. Anarchy, violence, and terror all lead to just that. 
They all lead to death. Church, this is why we must seek the one where it's said right here in the text, in him there is no sin. Only the perfectly crucified Christ can offer us peace. People cannot offer you peace. And you want to know what? People can't even accept peace without first accepting Jesus. If all the antichrists, or anarchists, excuse me, not antichrists, if all the anarchists, if all the terrorists, if all the advocates for violence, all the protesters knew this, if they understood this, they wouldn't participate in their acts of lawlessness. You wouldn't see photos like we just saw from Baltimore, Maryland. See, we know that this is true from verse 6. We don't just make this stuff up. We allow the Bible to teach us this. What does verse 6 say? It says, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. See, when you know Jesus, you know that the only opportunity, you know that the only privilege, you know the only thing that's worth anything, the only thing that has any sort of value to it, is the ability to share the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. See, the rich man, or let's just say the richest man and the poorest man currently today still will both die. My heart just goes out to the one who dies not knowing who Jesus is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how little money you have. The only thing of value the only thing of value is the privilege and opportunity to share the good news of salvation to a hell-deserving world. But we have hope, don't we? We know our Savior. To, leave, to live each day by performing righteousness is what we should be doing. That's our job as a Christian. See, we perform righteousness by loving God. We perform righteousness every single day by loving others. And think about that the next time you see this lawlessness on the news because it's not going to be the last time. Mark my words, it will increase. When you see this lawlessness on the news, it's all about loving God and it's all about loving others. Think about that next time you see somebody disrespecting authority. We love God, don't we? He put that authority in place. He's decided who's the president of the United States. He's the one that's decided who's the king of whatever country it is, who's the prime minister. He put the leaders in place. Therefore, we love God. We love his people. We respect the authority that he put in place to protect us anyway. There's a reason why we have multiple governing authorities around the world. It's for our own protection. And what are we doing as a society, as a culture? We're performing acts of lawlessness because we want them to make our lives now better. But we have no idea what we really need sometimes, do we? But if you know who Jesus Christ is, if you know that he is your Lord and Savior, you know the only thing that you need is the hope that's found in him in your life to come. And this is why we're saying this this morning. 
The customary performance of a Christian is righteousness, not sin. That's why we're asking the question, how do followers of Jesus Christ practice righteousness? We practice righteousness through our love of God and our love of others. In France, the yellow vests are practicing lawless riots and protests. This is going on right now. In fact, you saw some actual footage of the yellow vests on our opening video this morning. Now, some of you might be asking, who are the yellow vests? We have ourselves an orange vest here, Miss Linda. Not the same thing. She just wants to be seen while she's on her bike. Who are the yellow vests? Citizens of France who are protesting high taxes and a high cost of living that keeps on Growing. The French government requires all motorists, though, and this is where they get the name the yellow vest. See, all motorists have to have these yellow vests in their car just in case they have a roadside emergency. So they've taken to the streets, putting on their yellow vests. What do these yellow vests want? They want social justice. They, they want the distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges. Church, this is the work of Satan. Again, what happens when citizens of a state are lawless? What happens? A police state is established. Jesus did not save us from the tyranny of a political system. He saved us from sin, which leads to death. When we die, we'll be resurrected into new bodies. We get new bodies. We will be resurrected like he was resurrected. So who cares? about what you accumulate in this life. Our job in this life is to share the good news of what Jesus has done. This is why Villa's Grace is all about making relationships, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. I better get it right. We're all about building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Jesus. Let's look at verses 7 through 10. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is the, of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God, who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. As it comes to loving God and others, let, let's take another look at verse 7. Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. See, when we love God and others, we look at our sinfulness differently. We don't say that we're without sin. We just look at our sinfulness differently. We now know that we are either sinning against God or we are sinning against someone else. It's that simple. We now know that we are either sinning against God or sinning against somebody else. And that's the reason why I will boldly come, proclaim to you that I will sin against you. 
The pastor from the pulpit will say that. But it's not about me sinning against you. It's about what do I do when that sin is revealed to me? How do I respond to my sinfulness? The word practice, which is also used in, in verse 4 at the beginning, we see it again. This has the same connotation as habitual. You could look at that as the same word. They mean the same thing when you look at the original language. So what are you making a habit in your life? What, what is it that you're making a habit of in your life? Is it lawlessness or is it righteousness? Why do you think it says, let no one deceive you? Why do you think John wrote that? See, not only is there social justice, but there are those who preach a social gospel. And like justice, the gospel doesn't need an adjective. What is the social gospel then? Basically, it's the thought that Christ is truly revealed when mankind reforms culture. There's churches who preach that. Church, the gospel is much bigger than this. The gospel is much bigger than culture. As far as reforming culture goes, how good of a job have these anarchists done so far? Those who ensue violence through protesting. How about the terrorists of the world? How has their reformation of culture gone? After all, they're all trying to do the exact same thing, aren't they? They have their own idea of how culture should run, how society should be run. How well are they doing? Are they succeeding? See, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus didn't come to reform culture. Jesus came to save. See, all these cultural reformers who are protesting all around the world, like we saw in the opening this morning, are really of the devil. Verse 8 tells us, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Again, people cannot offer peace. People cannot accept peace without first accepting Jesus. Church, all the culture all around the world is a result of sin. If sin would have never entered God's creation, culture would not be what it is today. Culture is what it is today because sin entered in. Right here, the middle of verse 8 where it says, For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Again, Jesus did not come to reform culture. He came to destroy it. Look at the end of verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This is why as new creations in Christ, we try not to sin against God and others. Fortunately, when we do, we can ask for forgiveness. We have the ability to allow our sin to be made known to us and then ask for forgiveness. And do you know why we're even able to acknowledge our need for forgiveness in the first place? Look at verse 9. For God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. God gave us his Holy Spirit. We have his Holy Spirit. 
Go back to the beginning of verse 9 on the screen there. No one born of God. Church, do not forget that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Therefore, there are only two types of people in this world. Two types, that's it. Very simple. Two categories, two types of people. Those who belong to God and those who belong to Satan. As we read verse 10 again, I'm going to invite Mike to come up. Verse 10 tells us, By this it is evident who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. We can reveal Jesus Christ to the world by performing righteousness. We have that opportunity as believers. We perform righteousness by first loving God. We perform righteousness by secondly loving others. We must be loving our brothers and sisters. Church, we may get overtaxed. The government may take a little bit more of our money. We might get price gouged at the gas pump. We may feel like the minority while the mighty majority flexes its authority over us. All these things may be true. Whatever the case may be, we must remember, Jesus did not come here to reform culture. Jesus came here to save. This present lawlessness will increase. I'm not so convinced that we're ever going to come out of it. Unfortunately, within our American culture, we just might not survive it. But I'm okay with that. I'm a patriot. I love my country. I will do my best to love others through respecting the authority that the Lord has placed over me through the government. I will do my best to do all those things. We should encourage each other to do the same. But we may not survive this lawlessness in the future. But it's not about us. It's about what Jesus has done. It's about us pointing to him when we see things get bad. And we must remember it's always okay. Because cultural reformation isn't the real problem. It's a lie. It's a lie started by Satan, the father of all lies, the one who, where it says, has been lying from the beginning. Because the real problem, the real problem is sin, which leads to death, a death in which we've already been saved from. And this is why we are performing righteousness by first loving God and secondly loving others. And it's why we said this morning, the customary performance of a Christian is righteousness, not sin. And it's why we ask this question. How do followers of Jesus Christ practice righteousness? Through our love of God and others. Heavenly Father, this world is chaotic. It is beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our ability to tame. Only you have the ability to tame this world, to destroy it, to create it once again. 
Our prayer as a church family is to learn how to trust you through that process. No matter what it is that we experience, that we don't put our trust and hope in a government or a political system, that we put our trust and hope in you. Thank you for what you do for us. Thank you for the opportunity to even request this from you this morning. We pray all of this in your name because of that reason. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.